Well, coming up on this episode of Perfect Game Retirement, we're going to talk about some end-of-year financial planning, things that you need to put on your list, some strategies for people that are maybe either nearing retirement or already embracing their retirement years. But we got a lot of things to talk through from investment strategies, taxes, healthcare, budgeting, and much, much more. It's going to be a great episode today, so stick with us. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Welcome in to the podcast. Glad to have you on the show today. I am Ben George with Ryan Ledden, as always. Ryan, what's going on? I mean, it's hard to believe it's the end of the year. I know people yeah. say that all the time. I hear conversations right and left. I mean, as as we're recording this, because again, we, we do these kind of a month in arrears, but I mean, Thanksgiving's next week. Uh, I know when listeners are listening to this, we're knocking on the door of Christmas, but yeah, yeah it's cliche, man. The older you get, the faster this stuff goes by. <laughs> And it's easy to like just say, okay, well, I've got the holidays to worry about, family stuff. Let me just, you know, you put everything else on the back burner, but you really can't do that. I know you can, especially because you're working with people to try to finish up the year on a high note and finish strong. And there's a lot of things you got to work through to just make sure you position yourself as, as, as strongly as possible heading into 2024. Yeah, and, and even as a business, we we try to look at this stuff and look at you know planning for next year. Um, some some companies do this way before um, the the toward the end of the year, but me personally been been preoccupied with other with other things um, as it has to do with work stuff. But so basically, our month of December is looking ahead uh, for next year and what that what that looks like. Is this constantly evolving and changing? What new marketing things are we going to do? Um, just goals, things like that for the, for the next year. Some people like to do this after the end of the year, um, cause maybe they're mentally checked out, but, and they start doing this in January, but I think you got to do this beforehand and get these things in order. So you can, you can hit the ground running essentially in January. Well, you have uh, also been very busy, as you mentioned, not just with things you do every day, but also outside of work, studying for your CFP exam, Good news is you pass. Yeah, pass. So Congratulations. The, the, the preliminary, again, you got to go through a, I guess it's called an audit maybe process or approval process. So you take it and they they tell you the score right then and there. So literally my heart is beating out of my chest when I <laughs> you know hit the, hit the finish exam because you got to take a survey too. You finish the exam and you take like a 10 or 12 question survey, which is fine. I get it. They got, they got to do their due diligence as well. Then it's like, okay, when you get done with that, hit, you know, hit submit or whatever the button was, um, to, to finish your exam. And then boom, you either see the words pass or do not pass. Mm. And so, yeah, I saw the, the one word pass and, and they do send you a report just saying, you know, preliminarily speaking, you have passed the exam. They have to go through their process to make sure, I guess maybe the exam was, you know, on the up and up or legit and there was no cheating or whatever it may be. Cause you take it at a testing center obviously. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I haven't got the final stamp of approval to be able to put the letters behind my name, but at least as we sit now, it looks like we're, we're headed in that direction. So huge relief. Yes. I have basically put my entire life on pause <laughs> uh, for the last uh, several months between classes and then going out to Vegas for a four day crash course. And, then just any free second I had of my life was was studying, and mm-hmm. so I, I appreciate my my family being very patient with me because um, I, I did nothing outside of work, huh. study, 
kids events, I still didn't, I still didn't miss those. Uh, I still love to do those sort of things, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm done. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear. And I was going to say, maybe we should do a podcast about, you know, what it means to be a, a CFP now, but really, mm-hmm. I mean, your job's not going to change too much, right? No, not going to change too much on a daily basis, but it does put you in a different it does put you in a different level um, from an advisory standpoint. And, and what I mean by that is, I mean, you're in a CFP database. So if people specifically want a CFP, some people don't even know what the heck that is. Right. But I have been in meetings before where people have asked, are you a CFP? And for years I've had to say, no, I mean, I have another designation, uh, retirement income certified professional. So that I do have there and there's 10 million different designations, but in my industry, you see those three letters and, and usually it's pretty instant recognition. Like, Oh, okay. That person had to go through a lot to, to get that. Now you're, you have to stay like you're continuing ed. That stuff gets more and more in depth, which is good. You, you, it should be uh, uh-huh. cause you're at a different, different level. But the, if, if people start asking now, it does open you up to maybe a different client base and you can you can say unequivocally as long as i go through the audit process and and, and everything works out is that you're a cfp and so it is something that can separate you I have several friends that are cfps and they say the same thing like yeah instantaneously you don't see a, a big difference but over time you you do see you do see the difference in who you're potentially working with Right. Well, maybe we'll, we'll do an episode down the road just to kind of mm-hmm. at least inform people on what it is to be a CFP, what it means, and just kind of maybe some things that uh, could change down the road. But either yeah. way, congratulations on that. I know it's a, it's a big uh, it's a big investment in time and effort, and and uh, I'm glad you were able to get over that big hurdle. And money, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plane tickets and classes and uh, anyway, but well, yeah. absolutely well worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, we got a good show for you. We need to hop into again. If you haven't joined us before, glad you're here. You find everything online at blackoakam.com. Also, the number to get in touch with Ryan at Black Oak Asset Management is 470-508-0508. And as we go through these kind of year-end planning items, if you haven't gone through these and need to sit down with someone, reach out now. Uh, I know we're closing in on the end of the year, so time is of the essence. All right, let's jump into it. I got to, let's start with some kind of some, some general maybe planning items and investment strategies that uh, you're, you're looking at right now, Ryan. Yeah, there's there's a ton um, you can look at, but specifically when it comes to year-end planning for uh, individuals and their families and when it comes to investments. Um, yeah, I mean, that general planning and investments, there, there's each year has different market returns. I mean, they're, they're all over the place, especially, I mean, the last five years is a microcosm of all over the place. Um, you had really good returns in 20 and 21, really bad returns in 22. There was really nowhere to hide in 22. 23, can't really figure out its direction. Um, you know, it kind of had a little bit of recovery. Then we had a, a, a slide again. And as of the recording of this show, the market was up some crazy number yesterday, um, depending on what index you looked at. But the the returns were crazy high. And, and so if you're out of the market sitting on the sidelines because you're afraid of what direction the market's going in, well, you don't benefit on days like that. And there's been numerous studies that if you miss out on those days, how different your returns are if you're trying to market time and go in and out of the market. Well, the big thing that pushed the market up yesterday was it's showing the the inflationary or the CPI is, is showing a little bit of easing as far as inflation goes. Well, the market's emotional. Anytime the inflation rate was way up, what the market do? Tanked. Uh, and then vice versa. It was showing signs of easing and then poof, 
emotional, mm-hmm. <laughs> emotional investors. And then the, the market does go up. But w- the point of all that is to say, if you don't rebalance, if you don't kind of constantly check, and when I say constantly, really once a year from a risk perspective, now you need to rebalance more than that. That's part of our job is to continually rebalance people's portfolio. And that just means getting your portfolio back in check of what is appropriate for you. Because if you don't ever rebalance it, and I just actually had this discussion with a with a client before this. So if people in 20 and 21 didn't rebalance their portfolio and then 22 hits, you had you, you saw huge losses uh, because the market was so good for so long, then maybe people's portfolios were way too risky than what they're actually comfortable with. And if you don't rebalance and then, you know, the tide goes out and then you're caught left standing like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm in a position that I never thought I would be in and lose that much money. So you got to rebalance, you got to reassess your risk because you get older. I mean, it's not an exact science, but usually as you get older, maybe closer to retirement or in retirement, you need to reevaluate and see where you're at. Like, okay, let me really see what my risk is. What is my standard deviation? Because there is a math component to this investing stuff. It's emotional, but there is math. How, what's my standard deviation? How wide are my returns or how narrow are my returns? So definitely have to look at that. And then kind of one more thing from a general planning standpoint is, you know, contributions. Where are you at? Where are you at from your 401k? Where are you at with your Roth or your IRAs, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs? Where are you at with these things? You need to go ahead and get those things in. Now, IRAs, you have a little bit of time after the new year to be able to put in those contributions. But when it comes to a company retirement plan, if it's 401k, 403b, you got to look and see, okay, where am I at? Do I need to increase this percentage to try to max out uh, my 401k or 403b for the year? So you got to take a look at those things. And one kind of side note, in 2024, those contributions go up again. It's only about like $500, but they do go up again. So you need to be cognizant of that. If you're doing monthly contributions based off of that number right now, those numbers move up a little bit. It's not a lot, but hey, it's an extra 500 bucks that you should be doing. And if you weren't kind of cognizant of that and know that, then you're, then you're just missing out on, on more time value of money and compound interest. Yeah, so some things there to start with. But I know there's one area where you have to get it in before the end of the year. There is no sliding, and those are your tax, um, any kind of tax moves you need to make for next year. And I know there are many ways you can hopefully lessen that burden when it comes time to file next April. But what are you paying attention to most here? Yeah, especially RMDs are the biggest thing, uh, required minimum distributions. And those are people who are of age. And again, this this number continues to move. It's basically 73 now. But it used to be 70 and a half and it moved to 72, but required minimum distributions. And again, the number continues to go up as time goes on, but it'll eventually hit 75 years of age. But you got to take any pre-tax account that has never been taxed before. The the government makes you take out uh, a certain portion based off of the end of the year balance. So if people are taking required minimum distributions for this year, it is based off of the 1231 account balance of last year of 2022. So if you get any account statement, if you're not working with an advisor, obviously your advisor should help you with these RMDs. We actually have a meeting tomorrow to make sure where we're at. Most of ours have already taken them, but if they haven't, we got to get this done uh, because there is a penalty if you don't take uh, your required minimum distributions. But And it's got to be done by the calendar year end. 
So if you whatever your account balance was on 1231, your statement from last year will be able to tell you, hey, here's your account balance. Here's what your required minimum distribution um, will be. And if you need help with that, again, ask your advisor. They should be able to help you that as well. Um, so it's it's a percentage, and it depends on how old you are. The, the older you are, that percentage gets a little bit higher. Uh, there's a table that you can do the math yourself if you wanted to, but most of the time these custodians already do it for you. So it's not too hard of a process, but the hard part is just remembering to do it and making sure you take out enough uh, to avoid any types of penalties. So RMDs, hugely important. They are um, <laughs> a pain, a thorn in my side because of all the new rules, the 10-year rule, inherited rules. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy. Um, it's not just like, oh, let me just plug this in and boom, then I know everybody's RMD. No, it's it's a case-by-case -case basis. So it's it's very, very different. And then you know, the 10-year rule on inherited IRAs depend on when the person passed. If they pass before a certain date, it's this. If they pass after a certain date, it's this. And, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and then, you know, in your brokerage accounts, uh, so your, your non-qualified or your non-tax-sheltered accounts, you can do tax loss harvesting, which is a term where maybe you sell out of an investment that has not performed well. Um, you get a tax deduction on those losses. Or maybe you had gains early in the year and maybe you sell so you can offset some of those gains. Now, obviously, with software and technology, it allows us to be able to do this tax loss harvesting. But uh, that's a case-by-case -case basis as well. But if you need to offset gains or just have a tax deduction and you want to get rid of a holding or an investment, you can do that um, and you're able to, to write off a certain amount. And if it's over a certain amount, you can carry that forward. Um, each year, uh, depending on uh, how much you you did lose in that investment. But those are very, very sensitive when it comes to year end. And one last thing as far as taxes go, if you're wanted, wanting to do a Roth conversion, it's got to be done by 1231. Okay. That's not carried over to next year. It's got to be done this year. Just be aware of what that tax bill could potentially be because it, it just adds to your taxable income. There's no there's no penalty to move money from an IRA to a Roth. You just have to pay your federal tax, and then if a state tax applies, then you have to do state tax as well. For anyone that hasn't done a Roth conversion before, you know, and you hear this deadline, is this something you need to get in and, and have a few weeks to do, or could I come on come into your office on December thirtieth and say, Ryan, I, I want to try to look at this Roth conversion and see if it makes sense and, and execute it before the end of the year? Great point. I'm glad you said that. Um, no, it's got to be done earlier because, okay. like, even Schwab like puts it on their website because that's who we use as our custodian. Charles Schwab will put this up there and be like. You know, if you're going to do this, th this paperwork or this DocuSign needs to be in by X date. Okay. Um, so I tell people, like, get these things in. If you want to do it, we need to get in here or schedule a call or whatever it may be by mid-December. Uh, and that, as the recording of this show, could be already passed <laughs> or right near that deadline. Uh, so you need to get those in as soon as possible. Uh, they do, you know, custodians do the same thing around April 15th because you can get in Roth contributions or IRA contributions for the previous year up until that deadline. We tell people do not wait until April 13th. Like they want these, they want this paperwork or this DocuSign in by usually the 1st of April because they get backlogged and it's it's got to be processed before the, the year end for it to count. And so they, they say, if you want it guaranteed to be done, it's got to be in by this date. So don't wait. Okay. So some big tax 
items that need to be paid attention to now. So if it's, if you haven't done that, really, <laughs> now is the time to, to sit down and, and, and do that. So if you want to talk with Ryan, again, you can get in touch, blackoakam.com or over the phone at 470-508-0508. Another thing going on right now, open enrollment started uh, in November. I know some things to review there. Ryan, what do you – what? What do you tell people in terms of uh, you know their health care, uh, long term care insurance? What are you ch- what are you looking through right now? Yeah, I mean, open enrollment is a big time. Uh, this t- some of us passed, uh, but this is toward the end of the year. When you look at your different plans, I have a few clients coming in this month looking at their benefits through their employers as well. So that's something you need to sit down with your advisor as well. Is like looking at your benefits each year. Does it need to change? Do they need to be altered? Um, you know, when it comes to Medicare, we do that in our office as well. So open enrollment um, happens uh, toward the end of the year. And do we need to make changes there? Because that constantly changes. Now, the types of plans, the alphabet soup of Part A, Part B, and all that doesn't change. But kind of the nuances inside those plans do change. You know, prescription plans change. And, and, and people have new meds that they're taking. Okay, does this prescription plan still fit what you are taking based off of your, your script. So you definitely want to look at that as well. Uh, so it's good to take an inventory. Sometimes that stuff gets passed over. Not that health insurance is not important, uh, but most people go through their employer to get that. But we help people take a look at those things. Insurances, because um, we broker that out as, as well when it comes to long-term care or life insurance and taking a look at, hey, is this is, is this life insurance needed anymore? Or do we need to you know, convert over. It's a term policy. Do we need to convert some over to whole life just so there's some sort of death benefit uh, down the road? Um, long-term care insurance, you know, did you get a premium increase this year? And and because those things can can pop into your mailbox and you don't even realize it and you get, get a letter from the insurance company saying, hey, your premiums are going to go up. Either you keep the same benefit, premium goes up, or you keep the same premium and your benefit goes down. So wanting to take a look at that and, and go through each one of that. So take taking inventory of insurance is just as important, and especially Medicare for our retiree clients. All right. So health insurance, uh, Medicare, time now to look through that and review any necessary changes. All right. So these are like those are some of the more, I guess, uh, common planning items people would think of. But let's let's maybe zoom out a little bit and talk about some other areas where you should be paying attention. And I know, you know, as the year comes to a close, you, it's good. To, it's a good idea to reflect on kind of where you stand on things, just kind of review and assess your situation. And, and one of those is with your budget, your income, just kind of where do you stand overall from a, you know, a, a health, I guess, a financial health status with uh, heading into retirement or if you're in retirement? Yeah, spending plan is huge, uh, especially this time of year. Again, don't wait till the beginning of the year and have this New Year's resolution. Of do, go ahead and do it now. Um, there is uh, December is a busy month, but there's also a good bit of downtime. Um, you're around family, so this is where you need to take inventory of what you're spending because, especially when you get to retirement, taking an inventory of this stuff every single year because because income plans change constantly. Um, uh, market, uh, excuse me, investment account balances change. So it's really a good time to go, okay, what did we spend this past year? And, and by the recording uh, with this release, you should have a pretty good idea of what you spent the entire year. I mean, shoot, if you have to, print off every single monthly statement 
and go through and look at, okay, what came in? How much did I spend? Do we have a problem? Do we need to change <laughs> what we're spending? Do we need to take out a little more per month? Um, take an inventory of your social security. Um, you know, they just announced not too long ago that you're getting a 3.2% uh, raise, uh, COLA raise in social security. So what kind of impact does, uh, does that make? Inflation is slightly less. I read some article this morning, ironically. And again, cause we're, we're doing this podcast right before Thanksgiving and it's, it did a, a, I guess every year they do kind of an analysis of what the inflation is based off of Thanksgiving dinner meals. And it said that the costs are less uh, this year than last year. So just taking, uh, getting an idea of what, and if you don't have, if you need some kind of a tracker app, there are 10 million of them out there, but, uh, some, sometimes that's what people need to be held accountable from a tracking standpoint, not just printing off statements and looking at, okay, where did I spend? Uh, kind of do forward thinking and see where you're going to spend. Do you have a big trip planned out next year? I have several clients that have a separate savings account for a certain trip, whether it's a vacation or I got one client that goes on a huge hunting trip every few years. Well, he, he is intentional and saves in that account. So when that account gets to a certain balance, boom, they can go on a huge hunting trip and not have to worry one thing about it. So being intentional with uh, with different savings and looking ahead at these big expenses that could come across your table uh, this next year is, is definitely a good time of year to look at this. All right, so good, some good items there. Again, as we go through this, if you want to sit down and, and talk with Ryan about any of these things, you can do so by going to blackoakam.com. All right, what about estate planning? I know giving is another kind of area here, not just to your heirs, but to charity. Uh, this is the time of year that a lot of people are, are thinking about that. Yeah, and the standard deduction being so large has has taken away a good bit of giving. Um, not that people only give for the tax deduction, but it's a part of it. Um, let's be honest. There are many people out there that have charitable hearts, and they give no matter what the tax deduction potentially would be. But it's, it's changed a little bit uh, because of that standard deduction being so high. But if you're charitably inclined, uh, there are some definitely things to think about. I mean, there's are. I mean, you could go as deep as a, a family foundation. <laughs> I mean, those are for pretty pretty high net worth individuals out there. But a family foundation. You could look at charitable, irrevocable trusts. There's different things out there that you could do there to give to a charity uh, each year. And then your heirs then receive your money when you pass. Or it could be the reverse. You could have uh, irrevocable trust that gives income to your family while they're alive. And then when you pass, the charity gets it. So a bunch of different ways to do it. Maybe outside of just you writing checks to your church or to an organization that means a lot to you, you could do a donor advised fund. A donor advised fund is where you basically put money into an account, you can invest it, and then you can give money or give to charity out of that account. So it's a way to continually give your, your whole life. You can keep putting money in this account and then give out of this account and it may go far beyond your passing. Uh, that's kind of the cool thing about a donor advised fund. So there's there's more to those, but uh, talk to your advisor, talk to us. Um, we we do those, and it's it's pretty it's pretty neat way to to give. Uh, again, not enough time on this podcast to really go into deep dive of of um, donor advised funds, but a lot of people just don't know those exist. And I've had conversations with clients who are like, oh, huh. 
I didn't know about that. So a lot of the software we use, if they give a certain amount away each year, that'll be one of the suggestions. Hey, I saw that your client gave over $10,000 this last year. You may want to think about a donor advice fund. So it's pretty neat to see those people who are charitably inclined. But uh, yeah, you want to you want to do that before the end of the year as well. Well, a lot of things to think through, some conversations to be had. If you haven't done that with your advisor or would like to sit down with someone, uh, you can always get in touch with Black Oak Asset Management, 470-508-0508. But very important to to try to you know just tidy up these things or maybe make a few moves or adjustments before the new year to really position yourself better. So about these little steps you could take to, to give, you, give yourself a better position over the long term. So uh, doing these things now will benefit you down the road. All right. So if you, again, need help or have questions, blackoakam.com. Well, I have a question for you, Ryan, as we like to do a little getting to know you before we jump into our mailbag. Uh, have you ever disliked something and then changed your mind about it later? <laughs> you, so you don't seem to be a wishy-washy guy to me. No, and this is, uh, of course, my mind went straight to sports, um, yeah. shockingly. <laughs> and I don't know why I, I, my mind went straight to this. And it's, I guess because I ha- have such respect for the guy. It's actually a person. <laughs> um I, Early in his career, he drove me bananas. I just did not like this guy. But over time, as I saw this person play and how he carried himself, how he went about his business, like I just had huge respect for and just thought he was one of the one of the best players in the big leagues. And and you know, he you still see him around, but it was Derek Jeter. I, I okay. don't know why he drove me bananas early <laughs> on. But man, just watching him play, and maybe because he's on the Yankees in the mid '90s, they right. they uh, they got in my Atlanta Braves way a few times. Yep. Uh, so maybe there was a you know a, a little bit of a small hatred because of that. But man, just over time, um, as you in, in in being in professional baseball during that time, uh, you know, you, you, locker room talk, you always hear about people and what they do, what yeah. they say, and. People just had mad respect for that guy, and, and his playing career, I think, showed that. So for some reason, my mind went straight to that. I just could not stand that guy, and then over time, so that was my my kind of change of mind of, of something, and mine just happened to be someone, and uh, got even respect in, in what he does now. Yeah, that's a good one. I never would have thought you would have disliked him that much early on, but yeah, <laughs> I guess it makes sense. I thought you might have gone Nick Saban for a second. I thought, I thought uh, the way no. you set that up that maybe uh, before you got into a player that that could be the case. I've always <laughs> had respect for that guy, man. To, to do, uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's gotten in my, my Bulldogs way a few times too, but my goodness to, to build what he has. Uh, hate him all you want if you do out there, but jeez. <laughs> yeah, Kirby. Kirby's getting probably the same treatment from a lot of people. Hating him because he's winning a lot, but – Probably in five, ten years, have a lot more respect for him across the board, across the country, for for the people yeah. that are, you know, not Georgia fans, for sure. So that's right. That's right. All right. Well, let's get into our mailbag. Uh, I got a question for you before we close out today's episode from Oscar. He's in Cashers, North Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, I retired three years ago, but I just did the math and discovered that my, my withdrawal rate for my savings is about six percent. Is that way too much? Um. So six percent. That's that's a great question because. A lot depends, Oscar, on how much you have. I mean, if you have, I know the percentage may be a little bit higher than the traditional 4% rule we've all heard, you know, or most of us have heard the 4% rule. If you don't know what that is, 4% rule is you can take out 4% each year of your nest egg and you shouldn't really worry about running out of money. Now, there's going to be some years where the market does good. 
some years where the market does not. So that 4%, your account balance will stay somewhere around that principal amount, if you will. Uh, 6% is getting a little bit higher, but again, Oscar, depends depends on what you have. But now safe investments like money markets and CDs are are almost paying that. I mean, as the recording of this show, they're just cash sitting there in certain types of investments is around five, five and a half, even as high as 6%. So as of right now, I don't think it's too alarming, Oscar. Um, maybe 10 years ago when, or maybe less than that, when, when treasuries were getting like one point something, <laughs> you, you probably are running a little bit of risk of running out of money uh, one day. But I, I think it's okay now. Okay, Oscar, pay attention when there's years where your portfolio is not performing as well and you see that account balance starting to go down. Maybe maybe pull back the reins a little bit. So be cognizant of that. Be constantly adjusting. But overall, I don't think 6% is too alarming. Uh, you start getting closer to 7, 8, 9, 10%. Yeah, that's alarming. But right now in the environment we're in, I think it's I think it's okay, but pay attention for sure. All right, great question. Thank you for that, Oscar. If you have one for us, send it in, blackoakam.com. You can also schedule a Retirement Coach 360 session online via the website as well. But the phone number, as always, you can touch with Ryan and the team there at Black Oak. It's 470-508-0508. And send to your planning list while it doesn't cover everything hopefully it gives you some things to be thinking about and hopefully taken care of before we close out the year ryan thanks for your time as always we'll talk again soon absolutely happy holidays the perfect game retirement podcast is brought to you by black oak asset management serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledner, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.